Welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And today we're going to talk about our super exciting event coming up. We're going to have our first Celebrity Super Bowl of this season. It's going to take place Super Bowl weekend. We have our shootout finals to finish up from Myrtle Beach. We have some news around the league. We have a special guest and we have our buy or sell. So looking forward to getting into it. I've been looking forward to this event for a while now. And um, yeah, I don't know. What are you guys thinking? Are you pumped? Yeah, I'm pumped, but but let's set the stage here, okay? Okay. When we started around the ACL over over a year ago, almost a year and a half ago, okay, I was like the only one mostly on TV, and now we are going to an event in which you two are going to be on TV, and I am not. What have you done, Trey? What have you done? <laughs> Round of applause. Round of applause. So we get the uh, – the prettier people on TV now. That's, how, that's oh, what I'm going with. <laughs> Michelle's carrying all the weight for all of us on that one. <laughs> well, radiant, thank you, thank you. radiant, I believe is, is that's how the word that described. Wally uses when yeah. he doesn't actually watch what I do and just wants to pretend like he did. You were radiant. What does that even mean, Wally? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I am. Uh, I'm pretty pumped. I'm pretty pumped to kind of see. Kind of see the team all be able to kind of execute from all, all different angles, and it's going to be. Are you going to be in the stands? Run. Oh yeah, I'll be there. I'll be oh, there. He's a, he's a I, class. Uh, he's a class A heckler. You watch out. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> yeah, it's uh no. I'll be I'll be there. I'll be capturing some social content, and also, you know, it's kind of a private event location where a lot of different because it's on site at the, uh, the Super Bowl, and you know how the Super Bowl works. Or if you don't know, it's just like. Everybody and their mother has, uh, and every brand out there has like a setup for Super Bowl. So, like for us, we're we're working with kind of our sales agency and legends, and it's kind of this private party where a lot of these different brands are getting invited to hang out at the party, and then cornhole is like one of the main forms of entertainment for it. Um, so it's gonna be really cool. So I'll be on an opportunity to meet a lot of different brands, shake a lot of hands, uh, heckle some commentators, you know, a variety of yeah. variety of different things. So it'll be fun. Yeah, so talk about that a little more because this will be different for me. I mean, I've never been to a a cornhole event that didn't have a massive cornhole event attached to it, right? So we're yeah. literally coming in for essentially we only have eight players in the building. Like, so there's like nothing going on during the day. That's a first. Correct. Yeah. So we're not gonna crowd, know to do it ourselves. I kind of like it though. It sounds like our fans are gonna be either newer to the game or not full a stand full of players, which you do get a better, a little better experience because mm -hmm. I keep saying that pros are boring fans. So, <laughs> is is that what it's essentially going to be? Is uh, yeah, yeah. There'll be no no cornhole players in the building, right? So it'll be it will be you know it is kind of a private party. There's going to be five six hundred people there, so it's wow. um, you know they That's won't. Nice. But but not everybody's going to be in the stands throughout the entire yeah. thing, right? It's going to be very much. We we're not sure, right? It's the first time we've done something like this. The setting is definitely going to be unique. I think it's going to going to be a really good broadcast, and we'll just kind of see how it plays out. But excited, yeah! It's it's going to be a different vibe than than we're used to seeing uh, with all these cornhole events. I like it. Looking forward to it. But uh, before we get into our celebrity event, we have our shootout finals that will take place. This will be February tenth, eleven thirty Mountain Time, and that'll be on ESPN two, coming to you from Scottsdale, Arizona. So let's kind of go through and look at some of the matches we'll be seeing, or the only matches we'll be seeing. Uh, in men's singles, we're going to have Jamie Graham versus Kyle Malone. 
So we talked a little bit about this, uh, Wally and I, when we were talking about betting. Uh, but what are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I think this is this is a really good uh, taste and a really good um, matchup between the guy who historically always gets it done versus the guy that's really hot right now, right? Recency so, bias. <laughs> right, a recency bias. So I, I look at this on paper and I say to myself, look, if I take this – you know, six months ago, eight months ago, a year ago, maybe even six months from now, right? I think the safer bet is always to go with Jamie Graham, right? We talk about someone that's tied for first all time in ACL titles. Jamie Graham, by winning one game this weekend, can pass Matt Guy and be standalone for first place all time in ACL titles with 19. And I think that's a big milestone and something that can be really talked about and something that that maybe not a lot of people are appreciating the fact that Jamie Graham has a chance to pass Matt Guy in that regard, right? And so with all that behind him, Jamie Graham feels like the guy that should be the betting favorite. He is the betting favorite if you look at the lines, but he's going up against somebody in Kyle Malone where to me, Kyle Malone and, and another guy like Devin Harbaugh, I feel like we haven't stopped talking about the past three months on this show and other shows, Kyle Malone dominating conference events, dominating regional events. And then in the first big pro event that he comes to, he comes out and makes it all the way to the finals of the pro shootout this year, right? Maybe the only thing that you're, you're lacking to really say he's a top five player in the world right now is him coming out and, and winning a singles open event, right? Having that dominating level performance. But Everything else aside from that is pointing towards Kyle Malone coming into this ready and able to take down a Jamie Graham. And I think that's what's going to be really interesting between the two of them is because you have two veterans, both plenty of experience playing on this stage, both national title winners, every accolade that you can look for you have in this game. And I think that's what's going to make it really exciting. It's just a question of is Kyle Malone going to compete on the main stage like he has been all the step of the way the past three months. Yeah. What do you think, Anthony? Think he can get it done? Yeah. I mean, just kind of big picture. I mean, um, this is kind of kicking off the season. You know, we've been in this five month kind of off season and we waiting to get back. I think that the broadcast kind of officially makes it feel like we're back. And for those not familiar, we did the qualifying event, right? The lead in event, new year's Eve in Myrtle beach. So we had, hundreds of pros out there trying to qualify for this and only eight players remain. And that's, what's going to be shown in Arizona. And what I love about it, I, there's so many different storylines, you know, you've got legends looking to continue their reign in Jamie Graham in Cheyenne Bubenheim, the winningest male and female players of all time. So you've got them in there. You've got legends in, you know, Jimmy McGuffin and Damon Dennis who've been on the stage multiple times. And then we've got the storyline of, you know, the 16-year-old rookie making his ESPN debut. So I just, I, I'm loving how it's kind of building up that way. It kind of feels like this whole Rocky theme, you know, where you kind of know way in advance that who's going to be playing. You're training for a specific opponent. So yeah, that's kind of just my big picture thought on that. I'm pretty pumped about it. But yeah, when you talk about Graham versus Malone, just on paper, let's kind of look at what they look like on paper, right? Similar ages, you got a 24-year-old out of North Carolina, a 26-year-old out of Florida. But then when you get to, like Trey was saying, the titles category, you got 18 titles with Jamie Graham, 
three with Kyle Malone. Malone's all in doubles, and Jamie Graham's covered just about everything. Singles, doubles, nationals, opens, shootouts. I mean, he's very decorated in that. They've both been playing about the same amount of time. You got Kyle Malone that just hit a decade. Jamie Graham right behind them at about nine years. And I was talking to Kyle a little bit earlier today, just talking about the event. And he was like, yeah, I remember when Jamie Graham showed up. He was like 15, 16 years old. And Kyle was only like maybe 17, 18 himself. He said, this kid showed up and he said, you just always seeing him practicing. And he's like, it feels like he never stopped practicing. So nine straight years and Kyle Malone did have a little, you know, kind of a, a layoff, if you will. He did have, he's got some small kids that are six and three. So he did step away from the game at that hardcore competitive grind level for a couple of years, but here he is, he's back. And like you were saying, Trey has to be the hottest bagger right now in the game, but then going up against this legend who's consistent all the time, it's 40 bags guys. So mm-hmm. I kind of feel like, I mean, it's anyone's game and you know, I think both guys are going to come out not trying to do anything like crafty or crazy at the beginning. You know, board speed is going to be important. Do you know, Trey, are we getting some brand new like 2023 Super Bowl boards out there? Brand new boards. Okay, so that's that's significant. So I think they're going to be, you know, just feeling it out the first couple eight bags. They're they're black. They're the black boards. So sometimes, you know, sometimes those black boards behave a little bit differently than those natural finish boards, right? So – I don't know. I don't know if that, that plays a difference. Yeah. Um, both guys have options as far as bags, but they're not, neither one I don't think is coming out with anything super fast. Like they're coming out with some controlled speed. So I think it's anyone's game, you know, uh, the storyline of, uh, of, of the legend versus the, 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 a comeback story, if you will, in Kyle Malone. So um, yeah, I mean, we could talk at length about how that's going to play out strategically, I think, but uh, I'd say flip of the coin. I'd say flip of the coin. I am curious if they are like preparing for their opponent because that's not something that typically can happen in this sport. You have hours, not months, but that that would be interesting to learn. Uh, Cheyenne Bubenheim versus Rosie Streaker. It's a similar storyline that we have here. I mean, Rosie's obviously a veteran as well, but she's hot right now. So what do you think, Trey? I think you said it best, Michelle. It's it's almost copy and paste what we just talked yes. about. You talked about the most winningest female of all time, yeah. right? No undisputed, like on the male men's side, like yes, Matt Guy's the go, but like as Jamie, if he passes Matt Guy significantly, there may be some conversations, blah, blah, blah. There's an undisputed female go. Cheyenne Renner, like best of all time, greatest of all time, whatever accolade you can give her, going against someone who's won it at the double side won multiple world championships, national championships, whatever, but someone that maybe in the past couple of years took a mini step back and now is throwing as good as you could possibly imagine to the point where some people maybe say that she's the best throwing female player in the world right now. So I say all that to say this is going to be really interesting. However, I think there's one element to this that I talked about last week and I'll continue to talk about this week. I have no idea what Cheyenne Bubenheim comes out and throws with on the big stage, right? We talked about how at the open, she threw carpet and how she's been throwing carpet, the the all cornhole shag contrast, this newer carpet bag. She's been throwing that practicing at home. Now, I do believe it's one thing to throw a carpet in 
a regional. Another thing to throw it in, even an open event to an extent, right? Trying to get that big game simulation. I think the real test is going to be what does she throw when we talk about a pro shootout? Where at a minimum, she played for a $40,000 grand prize for first place yeah. last year, right? This year, a potential 40000 first place prize again. So I think there's a ton of pressure, mostly on Cheyenne, to make the right bag selection. And as of right now, like, look, I don't love Cheyenne throwing carpet, but I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a bad thing to try to go back to non-carpet after you've been throwing carpet for three months. So now I think there's just a lot going on. And I think that's all speaks, you know, that's gotta be music to Rosie Streaker's ears. So I think this, you know, any other time, again, I probably think Bubenheim is a heavy favorite, but I think this is another one of those coin flips. That's actually my question to Anthony. You know, if if Cheyenne's been throwing carpet for the past three months and decides to hop on this broadcast not throwing carpet, that's a different kind of throw. Like, do you think that that is advantageous or not? It is a different kind of throw, but... We're not talking about flipping that switch the day of, you know, I mean, you give, you give Cheyenne a hundred pitches and she's going to be able to, you know, to conform to whatever bag and speed that she has in her hand. She is the female goat, you know, seven time national or seven time championship titles, eighth all time. So if we talk about male and female, she's eighth on the list, period. So uh, like you were saying, coming in as the legend and then Rosie Streaker has one of those championship titles herself but and we should note both ladies coming out of a strong state of florida kyle malone coming out of florida so florida pretty something's in the water yes pretty (laughs) heavily represented here in this first one but i can't imagine cheyenne and this is crazy to say because she just fills up the hole probably better than most people on the planet but i can't imagine her coming out and trying to run bags right now with rosie streaker that just doesn't seem like a good strategy coming in insane as as high ppr that cheyenne's throwing rosie's just like right there kind of above a little bit above that and i think they just ran into each other recently was it a conference or a regional yeah i think rosie got the win there right so she did yeah okay so thanks for confirming yeah so two conferences in a row two conferences in a row so what what is that like for for cheyenne coming in is she thinking hey i gotta change something up i I agree with you trey i think she goes and gets that bag was it at the 2.0 or whatever she was throwing last season was successful come out with that and and compete with that bag uh i think it's too soon to make a decision to switch over to some some carpet right now but I think she can control her speed. I think she can get in the way of Rosie just a little bit, not necessarily throw intentional blocks, but again, control your speed to the front of the hole. You come up short, you take them and force mistakes. Cause if you're going to, if you're going to leave Rosie an open hole, she's going to put the bag in the hole. So I think that you need to try and force mistakes without intentionally blocking. I think that's going to be the way her path to the, to the win uh, this weekend. All right, and then lastly, we have doubles. Jimmy McGuffin and Damon Dennis versus Ryan Smith and Ryan Wiedenfeld, the Ryans. What are we thinking on this one? Yeah, this, this one's is fun. Yeah, this one's fun. This is two completely different contrasting yes. styles, right? You talk about, and the definition of old school versus new school. Old school cornhole. Yes. I'm going to slide as many bags in the hole as I can. I got an ugly bag that just kind of wobbles through the air. But you know what? I I... I, I'm getting around bags. I'm sliding up in there. And then, hey, look, I got a nasty airmail to go along with it, right? 
And then on the other end, you got as new school as new school gets. I'm going to be throwing, we're going to see being carpet bags, blocking the hole, rolling over it. I mean, that's going to be the, 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 the key here is who can execute their style better. And I think ultimately the game comes down to how short are those blocks yep. by Weedenfield and by Smith. If Weedenfield and Smith can consistently put carpet bag blocks dripping in the hole, laying on that front lip, I think they win the game because Dennis and McGuffin do not have enough power naturally with their shots to always consistently go through that perfect carpet block. Now, the issue becomes is if they laid that they, they laid that block a little bit short, Damon and Jimmy say, look, I'm going to block behind it and we're going to make this an airmail game, right? Now, I do think there's a significant difference between rolling over one bag and rolling over halfway up a board. So these guys are going to come prepared, um, uh, Smith and Wiedenfeld, with rolling and rolling bags up and over blocks. But at the same time, sometimes when you got to roll a long way, that's not as consistent of a shot. So I think if those blocks come up short and you make it an airmail game or you start rolling and those rolls end up left and right instead of over and into the hole, I think that's going to benefit McGuffin and Dennis. If you're able to keep that block pretty deep, I think it it speaks into the game of Dennis and, and uh, or sorry, in Smith and Wiedenfeld. So um, I say all that to say there's one other element that we, we have to be have to consider, and that's the fact that you have a 16 year old kid making his ESPN debut weeks after the loss of his father. That's Ryan Wiedenfeld losing his dad just a few weeks ago, and when you talk about what effect that's going to have, I don't even know. I have no idea because everybody deals with those situations. And, and for such an awful situation, you know, for Wienfield even to go out to the New Mexico Open, I just think it's just like it's it's unbelievable how how strong Wienfield and Ryan that, that the whole family must be. I mean, that's that's a toll and it's and it's tough to even think about and talk about. But the fact of the matter is sometimes those situations weigh on you and sometimes they uplift you right yep. and that's yep. and that and that's not that doesn't speak to anything about anybody's character or you know some people will handle it this way it's just it's just the truth and we have no idea what that's going to be like for Ryan and his family as they're both watching and Ryan playing like will that have a profound effect will it be minimal will it be pushed out will it be brought in and up, uplifting at the same time and i think that's just the big unknown here when we talk about this game as well. Um, I'd love for it to come down to X's and O's, but sometimes it, you know, there's other forces that that influence these games. And 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 really, um, I think the last thing, the, my last parting thought on the matter is just that, you know, I think for Ryan even to make this appearance again just shows how strong of a 16 year old that he is, and how, you know, how strong of a family unit that that's going to be there in Scottsdale. I do remember Adam Hisner losing his friend to a motorcycle accident and having one of his best weekends ever. Yeah, good you know, call. Yeah. And 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 really emotional when he won. And so you just never know if it can it can support you in that way or not. And I'm sure he doesn't even know until that moment. But what are your what are your thoughts on the doubles match? Yeah, very very well said, Trey. And I you covered everything I was gonna say. I just I just kind of wanted to add a little something because I've been really thinking about how do we describe what's the best way to describe even to the average fans, you know, these contrasting techniques? Cause this is a, this is a clear example of how we're going to get those contrasting techniques. And I keep coming back to like 
MMA or mixed mixed martial arts, UFC. If we kind of go old school, you know, with like when the game was originally introduced, you know, it was there were so many different styles, like trying to figure out what is the best style for this game. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now in our sport. You know, is it do you want a stand up guy, a Chuck Liddell, who's going to bring that knockout power, you know, or do you want someone like a Gracie who's going to come in and pull guard? You know, I feel like. Your younger guys, your Wiedenfields, your Smith, they're the players that are going to be able to pull guard, get away from a stand-up fight, and beat you strategically. Whereas Dennis and McGuffin, they want to keep it on their feet. You know, they're going for knockout power. They're not trying to complicate the game much. They just want to get the W. And I think that's a good way to kind of describe it. And I think I should try and formalize that a little bit better. But that's what those guys are going to do. But the thing about Smith and Wiedenfield is they can, they've got some stand-up game too. They can box with you a little bit. But ultimately, if it goes to the ground, if it goes to a dirty game, that's where they're going to succeed. Now, we see McGuffin and Dennis developing a, a way to compete that. You know, they've got a cutter, you know, which in MMA, you know, they can shoot a takedown. They're able to defend the ground game a little bit. But for the most part, they're going to want to stay on their feet. They're going to want to run bags. They're going to airmail and they'll use that cut if they need to. And the airmail is going to be super important for those guys to be successful. I, I like the analogy. Very fitting for the weekend I had at jiu-jitsu tournaments. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely interesting. I like the way you put that. All right. So we are going to move into news around the league. We had the Winterfest that happened this past weekend where we saw a lot of our pros attend. And the Noahs. The Noahs took over. Noah Almanza takes singles. Noah Almanza and Noah Wooten take doubles. So it was a story of the Noahs. Lots of great coverage um, on that event. A lot of events a lot like women's singles, women's doubles. Like I felt yeah. like it was nonstop. <laughs> how many yeah. events they had. Um, but congrats to everyone uh, who won there. And now we get to go into our Super Hole prelim. And this season, like I said, it's going to have eight prelims. The winner of each one is going to go to the championship at Worlds in August. This is going to happen Friday, February 10th, right before the shootout broadcast at 1030 Mountain Time on ESPN2. And our lineup is... Cheyenne Bubenheim and Tyler Lockett versus Ryan Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick. What are we thinking about this matchup? I mean, I know we can't say much about the celebrities. We have no idea if they're practicing or taking this seriously, <laughs> but they're all competitive because they're athletes. So what do you think, Trey? Yeah, first matchup, you know, right out of the gate. So I kind of look at this as you're always going to have pro versus pro, and then you're going to have, you know, your – uh, your celebrity versus celebrity. Okay. Yep, so yep. The, the, maybe the boring one to talk about first is pro versus pro, right? Because you're going to have Cheyenne Bubenheim. Who, and, and, and in this instance, it wouldn't surprise me if she comes out for Super Hole and starts throwing carpet, right? And part of that reason is because you want to give your celebrity something that they can stay on the board, around the hole, in front of the hole, right? You don't want someone throwing something super slick that's going to slide off the back of the board. So at least from the initial perspective, when you talk about Bubenheim versus Smith, I at least think out of the gate, when you talk about two players throwing carpet, I like a carpet-on-carpet carpet advantage to Ryan Smith just going against Cheyenne Bubenheim. Obviously, yeah. if she was throwing something a little bit faster, it might be a, a different scenario. But that's kind of what I'm thinking out of the gate. And as I transition over to look at what it looks like between, you know, you have an NFL wide receiver, Tyler Lockett from the Seattle Seahawks against – Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, right? The quarterback that played so for, for a variety of teams in the NFL. 
at least out of the gate, you got to think that the quarterback is going to have a little bit of an advantage here. I mean, when you look at in Super Bowl past, you've had some of these quarterbacks have really good success. Sam Darnold won the first ever Super Bowl, right? He was the one that came out and won. Second Super Bowl and the third Super Bowl, Doug yeah. Flutie ends up winning the entire thing. Jay Cutler, when he played, he won his prelim last year. So it seems like every time we put a quarterback on this stage, the quarterback is able to kind of put it all together and deliver at a high level. So at least in this first of the two matchups in this first semifinal, I don't know. I, I kind of think Ryan Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick may have a little bit of an advantage, but that comes without me knowing nothing about how the celebrities yeah. are playing. Because if they're practicing, like if one's practicing and one's not, that's it right there. Yeah, I do know of the four. We haven't talked about we haven't talked about the second matchup yet. But there's been one one of the celebrities that got boards ahead of time that required that they got boards, and that yeah, was just that was Justin Turner. So I don't know hilarious. if that yeah I don't know if that is is going to speak in, at all to to uh, to how he'll play. But uh, interesting. All right, what are your thoughts, Anthony? Hey, here's where I think you pull out that carpet bag for these celebrities. You need ones. Just give me ones, <laughs> as many bags on the board as possible. So I think as athletes, they could hit the board, but to be able to do the math and compensate for how much slide or action they're going to get out of it, they can't do that. So I think, hey, Ryan Smith comes out with something like a Viking, puts a Viking in Fitzpatrick's hand, just hit the two by four square, my man, and get me ones. <laughs> And get me ones. And I think that bag will stick for them. Um, but yeah, just kind of looking into these guys a little bit, obviously give me, give me like a minute of just watching them throw and we'll kind of know who's probably going to be more successful than the other, but Fitzpatrick, well, who has a flat bag, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. What if throwing tumble bags, even just a consistent, something that's predictable, right? Even if it's standing up straight, something predictable, uh, is where it's at. But, um, standing out for me for Fitzpatrick, just looking into some of his history a little bit, the dude's crazy smart. They do that. Um, they do that test for all the quarterbacks coming into the league. It's like the, the Wonderlic. The Wonderlic. Yes, thank you. Um, I was actually seeing his score. He now there was rumor he had a perfect score, but he even admitted later that he there was one question answer. So that so the rumor is is he almost had a perfect score. So I think IQ wise, I think he'll be able to kind of just problem solve. You know, maybe follow some instructions. If if Ryan Smith's able to work with him right before the match, just give him a few tips. I think he can he'll be able to absorb that really quick and then implement. And then Tyler Lockett, I mean, he's, he's a track star. He's a basketball star, football star. So you talk about being able to do all these different sports. Maybe mechanically he's able to adjust better. Uh, and then uh, Cheyenne versus Ryan, you know, that that one's, that one's just going to be a fun battle there. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, the celebs right, will have about two, two and a half hours with their pros before the okay. broadcast starts. So I would think for an athlete, that's all you need. Now, if they're not an athlete, that's potentially not true. <laughs> uh, Damon Dennis and Justin Turner versus Jimmy McGuffin and Jock Peterson. What are we thinking? Yeah, for me, this is another coin, complete coin flip game. And, and not just because now you can even say, well, they're both baseball players, yeah. right? So then you're going Jimmy McGuffin, Damon Dennis. They met in the senior singles world championship final, right? They're doubles partners. Peterson and Turner were former you know, teammates on the Dodgers, right? So when you talk, I mean, you look at it and you're like, what, I don't know what gives here. I mean, I think this is going to come down to- The practice trade, the practice right, is what it's gives. Got, it's got to come down to some level of practice maybe. Um, and maybe, 
you know, maybe they, they give some good instruction right before the broadcast. I mean, the good, the thing is they're going to be next to each other as well. Like, and they're going to be practicing together, right? They're probably going to show up to yeah. the event together. So it's like who it's, I think what it's going to come down to on this game is like, all right, when Jimmy and Damon walk up, they're both going to give them some level of instruction. It's going to be which athlete, which of those two can pick up on the advice quicker, right? Who can, who can dial in a little bit faster in that little warm up window. Um, I, I think there's a good chance that Turner takes a little bit of extra time to practice, but I think this one's going to be particularly fun just because Peterson and Turner have kind of a prior relationship and that teammate relationship. I think it'll make shit it fun talking to watch. going on. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Also not only who can uh, take the knowledge and use it, but who's the better teacher, right? Because just because you're a pro doesn't mean you can teach. So right. exactly. interested to see how that plays out. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, I almost want to give the the edge to an infielder, you know, uh, something underhand, tossy, little soft, 27 yeah. feet. You know, maybe there's a little that's a little bit more comfortable than an outfielder. Um, yeah, I don't know about this one, but I, I was kind of thinking through this, Trey. How were the was there some underlining like how the matchups happen? Is there a connection any way in any fashion regional or we, we we looked as much as possible and in the end we just we couldn't really find anything so we kind of threw them all in a hat and drew them out um there's we did want to do the nfl versus nfl mlb versus mlb as far as the celebrity goes okay but as but as far as how the how the individual pros matched up there wasn't anything that's that that stuck out to us as, as as a reason to pair up these from a commentary standpoint what do you do to adjust from a very detailed, like intense pro match to just like fun? We're having fun. So like, <laughs> what is your commentary? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, are you just like, have, I mean, what do you do? And you're not really, are you even doing, you know, yeah, telestrator? Most, <laughs> yeah, most of the time I'm, I'm, I'm more in, I'm more in the moment than I in usually the am, you know, just kind of, you know, reacts like a fan in a way is kind of how I've been, been treating these and, and just, you know, I save my commentary on analysis with what happens on the other end with the pro players and then everything else that happens on the celeb ends. It's just trying to figure out ways and, 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 and almost speaking to like, how does the, how does the everyday Joe at home be able to kind of mimic what, cause that's what they're going to see from the celebs. Like, Oh, this is what Fitzpatrick should be doing to get just a little bit better, right? Mm -hmm. okay. um, that's that's all I've been really doing. And then keep a watchful eye out for that flask that comes out of the yeah. Fanny I don't know pack. <laughs> who can top that. Who can top the fanny pack flask combo? Oh man, I don't know if anybody can. And have they watched any film? <laughs> yes. Nothing better than Grindersleeve, like upside down with a flask, just like pouring straight into his mouth. I was like, that is in a Grindersleeve of all people. That, I know. That was I know. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Either way, it will be fun. That I can guarantee. All right. Ready for our guest? All yeah, right. Ooh, we have a guest. Let's go. We have a guest. She is waiting. We did talk about her a little bit earlier and she's going to be at this event and she's uh, also part of the ACL staff and in charge of this podcast, actually. <laughs> so welcome Rosie Streaker to the show. We are so excited to have you. Hey, Yay, Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Heck yeah. Yeah, you've been you've been uploading this podcast to YouTube now for like what <laughs> six months a year, and we finally we finally decided to get you on here. Time, um, it's all Michelle's fault. She kept saying, "Don't let Rosie on." Don't let. Rosie oh yeah, on. like she believes that. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, I got a question first. I'm I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping in first in line. That's so, fine. um, you know, Rosie, I think a big question that like we had, and there's some some other people that follow the ACL so much. Like in 2019, you were like dominant. You were one of the best female players in the world. You're a women's doubles world champion. Even rolling again into 2021, you did it again. But then 2022, there was kind of like a there was a, what felt a little bit like a step back in a way. And then all of a sudden it's come back. And I guess we saw that in 2020, but that was the year that you had the twins, right? You were, you were dealing with that. And that obviously comes with a lot of time commitment, but was there anything that has happened over these past six months to get you back into gear and back to the level that you were say in 2019 or 2021, that was different than before? Um, definitely. I started having a lot of, and I didn't want to say this earlier when I was not doing well, I was having a ton of shoulder pain um, and it was from holding both the girls at the same time. So I started doing a um, massage and different stretches that has really helped and it's looser because by the second day of tournaments, my arm wouldn't go all the way up. Like I would just kind of Oh, stop. wow. Um, they call that T-Rex arm. It would just sort of stop on me. <laughs> Which didn't work for my follow through throw, but I mean, it's better now. I still have to do a lot of stretching and stuff, but it's made a huge, huge difference. Wow. Wow. I you kept that last year and be like, Oh, excuse girl. <laughs> my shoulder hurt. I'm, I have a cornhole injury. Uh, hey, if anyone has an excuse, I think Trey said it, said it best. He goes, you had the twins. You had that to deal with. All right. Yeah. That is, that is enough of an excuse right there. I mean, come on. <laughs> we, we've seen your practice uh, facility there rosie and it is not void of children running it's chaos in between. <laughs> it's chaos all kinds of chaos it is but it helps with some distraction but i don't really Heck yeah. really bothers me on the court then there is nothing a broadcast court could bring you that would be that would be more <laughs> distractive than the kids just running around the lanes that is that is good stuff yeah are the kids coming to arizona no just davis uh, and i Oh yeah! Oh, just it. so so. Da da we get to see Davis in the background, just pacing, just absolutely pacing, <laughs> and he can't stop. He does that every time. He's just I just see him like looking around like this. You can tell he's more stressed than you are on the broadcast board. Definitely, court. more stressed than I am. <laughs> Let's talk a little history because maybe you can help us kind of build a little bit of the recent history, specifically with Cheyenne, because that's that's going to be what we're looking at here. You got the last. It sounds like the last one or two matches. Can you talk a little bit about? your head-to-head -head matches recently and how those have been going and what worked for you in those to pull out those W's? I mean, Cheyenne, she's always been such, such tough competition. Um, the last two conferences, I have played her twice and um, beat her and got her in the loser's bracket and then played her again in the championship. Um, with her, there's always tough games. And even one of the games, I was up a good amount but I know how good she is. So I just have to think I need to consistently keep throwing this bag in the hole. Cause if I give her an opportunity where I'm going to miss, she's going to start and get on like fire and beat me. So I've been lucky um, where I've stuck to throwing them all in the hole. Um, Cheyenne and I have played for years and years together. Um, um, even at the very beginning of ACL and then prior to becoming ACL pros. And I used to win, and then I was pregnant with the girls, and Cheyenne just went on fire and kind of yeah. took off to a whole different level. So I'm like, okay, I'm coming back. <laughs> 
All right, talking about taking off and going to a different level, if we rewind to last season versus this season, uh, I think we have two different rosy streakers. Like, what what happened in there? What what was what can we point to to say this is why Rosie Streaker is arguably the hottest female in the game right now? Um, it feels right throwing the sorcerers. They just yeah. have a very consistent, smooth bag. Um, I don't get a lot of the bounces. They grab bags easier. Um, are you throwing predominantly slick side on those? Or are you throwing tacky side? Tacky side. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Are you uh, flipping it over at all? Any pushes? Or are you trying to stay almost completely tacky side? Flipping it over to push. I um, love it. That's so important. A bit more, they get like a little bit stickier. And then I just kind of just switch to a different set. Hmm. So I do you feel like Go ahead, <laughs> okay. Do you feel like the success that you've had lately with Cheyenne is with you having a big lead or having kind of the, the um, momentum? Is that an important part or is it not mattering whether or not you have that or not? Um, I don't think the big lead on her cause she's not someone who gets frustrated. I know she'll stick in the game and come right back. So it just, I mean, it depends who's going to be hot that game and just knowing that I need to stay as consistent as I can be in the hole or right in front of it. A little bit off topic, but are, are the sorcerers are is that what you and Sam are going to be throwing in doubles as well? We have been recently. Um, Sam's been throwing the samurais. I was throwing them some last year, but I think we're moving more towards the sorcerers. Hmm. They're very similar. There's a four nine and a five nine. The sorcerers um, just kind of don't hang as much around the hole. They're easier to grab. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that decision. I mean, last year when obviously you were trying to figure it out. Uh, with Sam, when you were throwing the Vikings, when you're throwing some of those other bags, it was like, ah, you got the round fill. You got a little bit more bounce, a smaller template. It just didn't seem to match your game as much. So going to these sorcerers, the new micro fill, like you said, it's a great push bag, a great collect bag, more friendly. I think it's going to be a little bit bigger in your hand. I think it was perfect for you. And that's what I was thinking you would say, uh, was the bag change really made a significant difference. So yeah, you're going to be tough. You're going to be really tough. Now, in these head-to-head matchups with Cheyenne uh, at these conferences, was she throwing carpet? No, none of them. She threw at, I don't, at the conference. I, I'm not positive what she threw, but it wasn't carpet. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Because yeah. is that your hypothesis, Trey? Well, I, I don't know. I keep going back and forth. Do you, I mean, I'd be interested to get Rosie's take. I mean – do you want her to come out with an all slide or would, if she walked out there with an all cornhole shag contrast carpet bag, would that excite you? Worry you don't care, whatever. doesn't matter. I mean, would that change your game at all? No, cause she's, cons- and the boards are going to be slick. I'm assuming cause it's going to be the brand new um, pro shootout boards. Yep. So I'm assuming they're going to be pretty slick. Um, and I'm going to focus on me and playing my game and just getting more in the hole than her. Gotcha. What, gotcha. what do you think is, the, or do you think that since you have had some of these important wins, it has boosted your confidence going into these events? Has that played into it at all? Definitely. I mean, I love Cheyenne and love playing her. And even I kept saying to Davis, I just want to play Cheyenne because in the women's events, she dominated and she kept winning and I wouldn't, ever make it to her I would lose to Sam or I'd use lose to Kaylee and I was like if I just got to Cheyenne I know I could play her and beat her again (laughs) (laughs) I think it was a year and a half ago though 
Yeah, are you the only one saying that right <laughs> the now? Only one, the yeah, only one. The only one. It's like, yeah, let me play Cheyenne. Let me play like, Cheyenne. I know I can do it. I can't be these other people, but I know I can try That's got to be the opposite. But I played her in Myrtle Beach, and I threw terrible. And I was like, Cheyenne, I'm sorry. I threw so terrible. She's like, that's okay. <laughs> you can throw that. <laughs> That's awesome. Any any extra added motivation to win the first one to be the first one into the to the to the women's singles pro shootout championship? I mean, it would be amazing. Uh, just the relief of kind of you over the hump, not starting off with second place again for the season. I mean, that's always a good one for me. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is familiar. <laughs> yeah, because last year you won. What was it number number two? Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And the year before was you were you had to go back and forth on year on year one, right? You went like five finals or something like that, right? Yes. Oh she was yeah, she was right. racking up that second place money. She was racking it up. <laughs> yeah, that's uh no, I think I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be fun. Maybe some quick thoughts on the other games that you're not competing in, right? So any thoughts between Jamie and Kyle Malone and then uh, uh, Damon Dennis, Jimmy McGuffin, Ryan Smith, Ryan Wienfeld? Any any picks on any of those games? I mean, Kyle has been super, super hot lately. I mean, Jamie's always great, but Kyle's been really hot, and I think he's very, very motivated. So I could see that. And Jimmy McGuffin just played at our regionals. At, but I like the other – I like the Ryans too, but Jimmy was definitely on fire. So I think that could go either way. She gave us a very political answer, Michelle. Yeah, she, she, went, with, she, yeah. she went with Florida and BG. Florida yeah. and BG. Yeah. <laughs> How about the uh, celebrities? You got you got any favorites for the celebrities? Um, I don't really know anyone. I was looking them up, uh, but I I was listening to you guys. I would guess that Turner, just because he's practicing, that'll make a huge difference. It will. Okay. It Absolutely. Will. All right, Rosie. Well, as always, it's been a pleasure and we will see you in just a few days and yeah. uh, good luck in your match. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rosie. See, Rosie. see ya. It's time for buy or sell. So I'm going to read you a line and you let me know if you would buy or sell. The first one is Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the most impressive celebrity in the Super Bowl prelim. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to buy it. Quarterback, quarterback. I'm going to stick with the trends, right, Anthony? Okay. I mean, I got to say, quarterback comes out. We've ever never not had a quarterback perform at a high level, so I'm going to say he gets it done. And uh, maybe not that doesn't win the whole thing, but I think he's going to be the most impressive celebrity that we see. If he doesn't win it with the quarterback history, that looks really bad on his part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. I'm, when I meet it, when I meet him on Friday, I'm going to tell him a sideline reporter said that on the show. <laughs> I'm going to tell him that he's going to he could potentially be the first quarterback to suck at cornhole, and does yes. he want that title? Yes or no, Anthony? What do you think? I don't know. Let's go with uh, Justin Turner. We got an infielder who's practicing. Uh, that just feels like a good recipe. I'm going to go with Justin Turner. Will be the uh, so right, that would so be selling. a sell. Yes, that would. Yep. Be a sell. Okay. Uh, Kyle Malone should be favored over Jamie Graham this weekend. Buy or sell. I saw this, I uh, went back and forth over this multiple times. I am actually going to sell it. He is the better player right now, but we have never seen Kyle Malone in a singles final on a broadcast before, ever. Mm -hmm. Haven't seen it, okay? You combine that with the fact that you are going against arguably Mr. Singles Pro Shootout. You know, you talk about someone that has dominated singles shootouts, 
at least until he gets to the finals and Jamie Graham, someone who has the plenty of singles broadcast experience. Kyle Malone is the better player right now. But when you talk about favoring someone, you've got to go with someone that has been there time and time again. So I will sell. Okay. Anthony? Yeah, Trey, you said it perfectly. Uh, I'm also going to sell, and I am prepared to be proven wrong in this one because Kyle Malone coming out and winning it makes complete sense too. But I'm, I'm going to sell with the, with the same reasoning that you just gave there, Trey. All right. Cheyenne Bubenheim will win even if she throws carpet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, sell. Um, <laughs> I think I think if she comes out and throws all slides or all slide 2.0s, I think it's a coin flip, maybe 60% Cheyenne. Again, been there, done that. We've seen as we just had Rosie on. Rosie's had her wins before, but there's instant been instances where Rosie kind of gets in that mode of throwing too many bags off the back of the board. So if you're playing that odds game, talk about on a broadcast court, I don't I think I like Cheyenne there. But I think if she pulls out carpet, she's trying too hard and 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 it just it doesn't become a natural. She has and I think what'll get her in is not that she's missing a bunch. I think based on her play style, she's just gonna end up with too many bags on the side of the hole. The end up Rosie gets too many bags in the hole. So I will sell. I think she's gotta throw non-carpet to win. Anthony? I'm going to buy just for the same reasoning I gave with Jamie Graham. I mean, this is what our, our back to back shootout champ um, round limited. Now we talked about how Rosie was having success. He's at these regionals. Those are to 21. Cheyenne has proven that she's very successful in this format. If she comes out with carpet, I feel like she's done enough pre-work to be comfortable with that. We're going to have faster boards. I think that's going to play nicely in a decision. I'm going to buy I'm going to buy me. All right. How about the uh, emotion of the past few weeks will affect Ryan Wiedenfeld? Yeah. So uh, I think the easy answer is, is buy here, right? It's going to be an emotional time for Ryan Wiedenfeld. I think the question is how much, right? Um, And and what I'm going to say is just based on his demeanor, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to buy it, but I'm going to say minimally, right? It may help him in his preparation, but he is such a strong kid and such one that he just kind of locks in and everything else kind of gets blocked out and he doesn't show a lot of emotion. And that's just the way he carries himself in and out of games. I will buy it, but I think if anything, it's early in a game. And I think when you get later in a game, Wienfeld's going to be able to bring it all together to focus and whether or not he wins or not, I think is relevant, but I think we're going to still see a really strong and a really motivated Brian Wienfeld. Anthony. Yeah, I totally agree. Just a a crazy tough situation. And of course I put myself on the, on the father's side, you know, I, you, as a son and a father in their situation, me and my son have the same, you know, conversations because he has dreams of doing that being on ESPN. I'm sure you talk about this moment, you know, Mm -hmm. now he's having his debut. They've been, there's no doubt that they've been talking about that because Ryan has been on a path to be where he's going to be at this weekend. Tough, tough situation. But like you said, Trey, I, I think that, I think it has that more uplifting, more focused uh, kind of effect on him, um, and he's able to put those emotions aside. So tough situation, though, Mish. Absolutely. Uh, Last one. Anthony will not be able to keep his composure while Trey heckles him from the stands. Bye. (laughs) Anthony's going to lose it. He's just going to be frazzled. Michelle's going to have to jump in on the mic and save him. Bye. (laughs) 
just like the players are preparing, I'm preparing too. I'm going to be doing my opener. I'm going to have my two kids that are at the house heckling me while I'm practicing my opener here in the lab. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be ready for it, Trey. Damn, they better, they better be. That, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. <laughs> all right, it is time for a holy hot takes. Trey, are you going with uh, this weekend's event? Uh, I am. I am. It's it, We don't have a lot of options, right? So yeah. I'm trying to go with something that's somewhat hot, somewhat not. I'll pick a winner for my Super Bowl uh, prelim number one. I'm going to go Ryan Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Super Bowl prelim number one champs. All right. Anthony, who are you going with? All right, I'm gonna parlay. I'm gonna parlay okay. singles. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna. This is a hot one. Both legends. We talked about the similar story. The number one male and female winner in the game right now, Jamie Graham and Cheyenne, t- both take L's to the up and comers, to the comeback players in Malone and Streaker. Wow. Love okay, it. I'll I'll up your parlay because I'm also gonna take Malone and Streaker and add in the Ryan's. Oh my God! Wow, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a cold take of the day over here. <laughs> so there it is. We will see who's right. Maybe we're both right. Maybe we're both wrong. I mean, we shall see. But uh, it will all take place this weekend. So definitely uh, make sure you got your recordings ready or watch it live with us. And we will see you all next time.